All right, 30, welcome. Thank you, Johnny Katz. Thanks for having me. Uh, it's great to have you, man. I don't know much about you. That's why I'm interested in uh, talking to you. Uh, we, we, we catch each other fleetingly on the circuit. We do, don't we? Yeah. Um, I know you don't want to go too much into it, so don't, but you run a wonderful room in Hawthorne, uh, and um, you had uh, Dilrook on Wednesday. We did, we in did. In the main cinema. Yeah, yeah. So we've, uh, we usually run a gig in the jazz room, which is a... I mean, I don't want to sound biased, but it's a fucking great space for comedy. Um, it's fantastic if you can get the opportunity to do it without pestering 30 too much. Yeah, Lido, Lido Cinemas it. in Hawthorne. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it's uh, it's a good little spot for a, a little gig. It's a small room. But yeah, we've got on to doing uh, bigger shows in the actual cinema, which is a pretty fucking cool vibe. Um, yeah, we had Dill on last week and... Um, Sorry, this week, and yeah, we packed out one of the cinemas. It's, I don't know, it's it's a, it's a gig, in the end, it's a big gig, but it's just a little bit of a different vibe doing it in a cinema. I don't know, everyone's... You mean from the small room to the big room? That's like, obviously a change, but just yeah. even seating comedy in a cinema is like different, because comedy audiences are generally speaking, you're going to be sitting, unless you're doing theatre gigs, you're generally sitting, you know, flat. Everyone's flat, and this is you know theatre sitting. So on a, on an incline, which is it it is like it you know it's not the biggest theatre in the world. It's a hundred hundred seater in the end, a cinema. But yeah, there's something about it. I don't know if it's more intimate or or, or it creates a bigger feel to to a room. But I'm I'm interested in your take on this because so I had a discussion recently with someone that went and saw Jim Jeffries. Yeah. And Jim Jeffries played to a theatre style yeah. audience. And they said that um he brings something different that is required in those rooms. Different to a club set. Yeah, yeah. I don't know whether it's philosophical or social commentary or a certain depth that's required to get across to a room that size there's a reason why they're there thousands yeah. of them or hundreds sitting in like a theater style yeah um i'm new to that like i haven't really done a lot of theaters but yeah. i do get a feeling yeah i guess if if you're lucky enough to make that jump you would have to bring something different do you have any thoughts on that um yeah, always know. funny funny it doesn't matter i feel like funny is funny but then again this gig was you know it was uh it was marketed as a headliner gig you know um with supporting acts so maybe there's that element of people are going to a theater to see this person which in most theater gig well pretty much all comedy all theater them, yeah. gigs it would be going to see this person or going to see these people you know you're not going to like where's club gigs you're going to get you're going to a comedy night or you're going to go comedy night and see these group of people. So maybe there's that added element of, of show because you're seeing one directed fucking person. Like, mm. I don't know. I don't know if it's, yeah, but then, you know, we had supporting acts. It, it ended up being, it is essentially a lineup night with a headliner. So mm. there's that same element of like, you know, 15, 20 minute spots each, 10 minute spots each. And, yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I feel like it could be a um, a uh, psychosomatic thing as well, where it's like you, th it's it, it feels like it's a bigger thing because you're yeah. performing in a theater because everyone's looking. I don't know if everyone looking down on you changes the status of of you as a performer. Maybe. Do you yeah. think we're also uh, cheating a little bit as comedians performing in comedy clubs that are exposed to bars and alcohol? Does that help us? Yeah, I reckon that does. Because a theatre, it's different. Yeah. Like you yeah, go yeah, in yeah. cold into a theatre. You may yeah. have one alcoholic drink outside. But yeah. Then, no know. one's getting up. you got to wait for intermission. So there's yeah. that, there is that it's element. total of commitment. But it's, I, think, I, I kind of feel that that's fucking better. Like it's, it, it, it tests you more. Way more. It, yeah. It's no... Um, yeah, there's no no one's spotting you to use a gym analogy. No one's helping you lift the weight. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's a great on, analogy. You're Jimmy. all on your own. Yeah, yeah. So your material has to hold up. Yeah, but also in saying that, when you're going to a theatre gig, you're going to see somebody. So there's the opposite end of that is that it's like mm. when you're going when you buy tickets to a certain act, you're already as an audience member, you're already excited to see. It. There's already like kind of laughter built up in you because you're going, I'm yeah. going to see fucking. 
I mean, this is big level theatre, but I'm... There's I'm, that wonderful trust. Yeah, yeah, there's that trust. I'm going to go see Chappelle. I'm going to go see um, Jim Jeffries. I'm going to go see Dave, whatever, whoever you want to fucking be. It's, it's, you're seeing the name, so you're already expecting a laugh, whereas in a yep. club set, you're going to go see comedy. Who's this cunt? Who's this cunt? There's 12 people on the lineup. I don't know. So yep. I don't know. Maybe that opens the door to going, is there a possibility of putting... Uh, lineup shows in theaters more as and build them as li- lineup shows, not uh, this person plus special guests. I don't know if that's an opportunity because you are invested more when you're sitting quietly with one drink versus fucking getting up in the middle of a set, going to the bar, and that happens in the jazz room as well, where mm. you know where is there's no bar in the venue, mm. and it kind of you're you're in more. I feel like it. Yeah, if you can get off. Yeah, I like your gear. If you can get off to a good start. And grab them, you can hold them. Yeah, yeah. They're easier to hold, but you've just got to get them. Yeah. Because, yeah, it's a theater style. It's acoustically, it's sublime. Yeah. So every That's, word is beautiful. It's fucking close as well. So Very. you're, 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 you're the furthest person sitting away from you is spitting distance still. So it's kind of like, I feel like there's a, it's really hard to, to bomb at a gig like that, at least at Lido, even though I've seen it plenty of times and I've fucking done it plenty of times, but. It's like, it's also, um, they're a good gauge of how well you're doing. Mm. So if you're like, you're not going to, it's hard to like bomb bomb, but if you're doing okay, they're going to laugh okay. Yeah. If you're yeah. fucking crushing, yeah. they're going to laugh to a fucking crushing set. It's weird because I watch that and I'm like, how do, like, they know. Mm. Like what I'm thinking, the, how well the act is performing, that's exactly how well they're laughing. Most of the time, not all the time, obviously. Mm. And again, you know, you want to fucking blame your audience a lot of the time when shit goes wrong. But it's like, I feel like at a gig like that, they're a very good gauge because they're so present, even though, but at the same time, they're in the dark as well. So Mm. I don't know, there's a lot going on. There's a lot of fucking science you can delve into about how an audience is seated, you know, what, uh, you know, distractions they have with them and who they're there and why they're there. Yeah, but in I, the end, if you're fucking good at comedy, you'll do well, you know. <laughs> yeah, you, you will. I think so. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in terms of comedy, you've been gigging for how long now? Fuck, man. Uh, probably uh, it's it'll be ten years in October since my first gig. Okay. Have you started to uh, something weird about stand-up comedy, which yeah. I just I describe it similar to being a football player. You do the same material, but you have form slumps. Yeah. Where you're just not in form. Fuck where yeah. the joke's not landing. <laughs> and you're yeah. really confused. Yeah. Um, have you started going through those waves of Mate, form? Like fuck. in and out? Yeah, yeah, dude. I, I had a... Like, I've um, found... This year's been good. This year's been really good. But obviously, pandemic, that last, last year when things were kind of open for a bit... Even 2020 and 2019, after doing like a solo show, first one, only one, I went through a big slump, like uh, material-wise and just fucking emotionally with stand-up because I'm just like, you kind of did one thing, it went really fucking well, and then you're like, the pressure's on to back it up. How long did the slump last for? Uh, lit- I reckon two years. I reckon it's it's I'm only coming out of it this year. Wow. But, then, but that's also pandemic-related. Yeah, know, of That's course. fucking... And don't get me wrong, I had great gigs and great sets in there, but I wasn't in love with stand-up as much as I used to be in the past. And then, so yeah, definitely waves, you know, and I feel like, I don't know about right now, like this very moment, I haven't been gigging much in the last couple of weeks. Um, and I've been to a few shows, I've run a few shows, I've obviously been doing my show, um, and audiences are thinning out a little bit winter-related, I don't yeah. know. But... Um, yeah, I'm kind of consciously aware that a slump might happen. You know, I'm getting into fucking second mind stage where you're just like, is this a, is is this a slump? Is this is this going to happen now? Is this going to am I going to hate this shit again or is comedy going to suck for a little while again? And ironically, the more I'm getting aware of that, it's not because okay. you kind of I'm getting aware before it kind of happens before I have a few shit gigs and go. Does that make you work harder? Is that what happens? It you makes write me more, w- or you look through your material. You work out a little bit of that. It makes back. me also take out the fucking inner mind, like um, being stuck in your mind thing. It makes me get get a little bit more present. I feel like. 
because I'm starting to get this um, with this kind of with this year. I was saying, especially having a lot more fun has been because I've been getting out of my head pre set, pre pre um, pre gig, and yeah, going through my material fine, but kind of getting out of that. Is this good enough? Is this me? Should I be writing this shit? Can this be better? Is this fucking like all that fucking inner monologue, inner critic bullshit that's like that fucks with literally every every comedian. Mm. And you're kind of just having fun with the with the stuff that you know and the stuff that you're about to try. You go, Well, it's new. It is you know, it's guaranteed to be shit. Even if it goes well, it's new stuff. So you kind of, I'm, I'm having fun with it is, is essentially the, the part that I'm trying to fucking say. Yeah. It's like, it's crazy because you do this shit. The whole point of doing stand-up realistically is like, I don't know why, like I, for fun, it's fucking dumb shit. Like you're talking dumb shit or, or thought-provoking shit with, with, with laughs at the end. Like it's silly. Like fucking the whole premise of doing comedy is, is stupidity. It's, it's fun. It's like, yeah, it's taking the piss out of fucking life, and the crazy irony is that comedians get so fucking serious about this shit for years. It's funny you say that because I was with a, I took a friend to a gig once, and she was like uh, looking from an outsider's looking in perspective. Yeah. She uh, really enjoyed it, and she looked at me and she said, "Everyone's laughing, but up the back, people aren't laughing." And I'm like, "Yeah, well, they're the comedians." Yeah. Yeah. This is if we find something really, really funny, we're busy dissecting it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're like, how did he get to that? Or how did she do that? Can I? Oh, yeah, I see what they've done. Yeah, it's fucking crazy, and that it's, and that's fucked. Yeah, isn't it? and that it, and it happened. I mean, I'm sure it happens with every with every fucking industry. Right, is that you, yeah, yeah it has you, to. It has to. But also, like, it gets because you, I feel like with stand up, because you're on there on stage by yourself and. I mean, to a lesser extent, other forms of comedy as well. But when you're doing stand-up on there by yourself on stage, you're really vomiting your own personality out to everybody. So, like, you can understand why it hits you, why it can affect you so much, why there's so much, like, consciousness around Mm. who you are and what you're doing and and is this working and is this right. But at the same time, it's kind of, it's freeing as well. And you very free. You don't focus on that because you're mm. so in your own fucking head. Mm. And you don't focus on the fact that you're And when you do I mean when you do a solo show it kind of comes back because then you can actually see the level of control that you have for an hour. Mm. And you go fuck I've got this these people in this room they've paid money most of them won't leave <laughs> before the fucking hour. And then you fucking go, okay, I can control this and then you sell your first couple of shows. And th- this again, this is just from one solo show I've done and only a half run at a festival, but you feel that after about five or six shows, you're like, okay, I know that they're here. I feel safe that people are going to fucking stay. I feel safe that they're already invested in you. Mm. And it takes out, like you have fun with the shit that you're going to, you're kind of going to do. And then that that's the whole element of like, what I was talking about before is like when you fucking dive deep into comedy, like when you go, like the essence of comedy is the fact that it's fun. It's like, it's it's dumb shit like so and people and like you forget that because you're so busy dissecting how much how good it is or how well you can do it or how much you even fit in or what you look like or you know or whether you should be fucking focusing on other aspects of your life and why you're out out at fucking you know 11 o'clock on a wednesday wednesday night when you know, you've got kids. I mean, I don't. It doesn't fucking bother me. But there's all this other peripheral shit that comes in with comedy that kind of can... And that's, again, within... So do creative. you say that to yourself when you start feeling that pressure piling up? Or you, do you just say what you just told me to make yourself relax and get a different perspective to go, hey, man, this is just fun. It's yeah, stand-up. It's just, this, this year especially. Because the more of, you're yeah. loose on stage, the better you'll be. Yeah, yeah. Um, this year, I've tried <laughs> to tell myself that a lot. Mm. Like it's kind of, I've come out of like a, a you know, a, a while and obviously like pandemic, whatever, but like you kind of go, you went, everyone went very inward in the last two years and probably are still lingering there. And I know I, I definitely did, but then you fucking come out and you get to do this shit again after doing it for like, you know, eight years. like it's funny, it's got taken away from you for fucking two years. And then when you start doing it again, you I haven't taken it for granted as much. And that's why you're so present with it. Like, mm. you just fucking, like, who cares if you've been doing the same material for the last six months? Like, fucking have fun with it. 
And mm. then if you write some new and it's dog shit, have fun fucking bombing. Like, have fun. Like, a bomb's brutal, but if you can, like, laugh at yourself while doing it, like... There's like there's there's a there's a real fucking beauty in like to, in 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 self-deprecation in comedy, not as part of your set, but as part of the actual outcome of your set. Yeah, because it, it again in the end you're a fucking comedian. Like if you can't laugh at yourself, I've been on stage and seen someone bomb, and then an MC who knew that person who bombed take the piss out of them, and this person just fucking blew up. Just got really pissed off. Well, so he's bombed. Uh, they've bombed on stage. They've come off. The MC's gone back on and roasted them. Roasted bomb. them, which is which is which, this a big room or an open mic scene? It was or? a. It was at my room. Right. Um, and it was. It was. They knew each other. They were mates. Oh, they're mates. I, I believe, okay. but um, and the the roasting went fucking well. The roasting crushed. Right. <laughs> and it was a quick. It was like two lines. It was like one oh, or two okay. riffs and. But the other person like took it to heart, and I can understand that. You bomb, it hurts, it sucks. But at the same time, like you fucking bomb, and somebody has made you funny. Like you, if anything, you should appreciate the comedy of that. No, I, yeah. I know it's a lot, and I've been victim of not victim of that, and not been able to take it. And it, I know it's hard, but like in the essence, that's kind of where I want to like get to a little bit, where you kind of like really don't take it none of it fucking that seriously because it is all like the whole purpose as introspective as deep as philosophical philosophical you want to be with your comedy like in the end it's to fucking laugh at the absurdity of shit absolutely and if if you can let yourself receive bullets like that like Mm. i did a gig at the lounge last night and a friend friends came from work Mm. and a couple of jokes didn't land and they pointed it out yeah and I'm like, fuck you. You didn't point out the 95% that worked. Yeah, Straight yeah. away, it was like, oh, that was a nervous moment when that joke didn't land. And I'm like, yeah, well, yeah, thanks. And then I was like, fucking, they're just trying to make me laugh. They're just trying to pull my yeah. pants down at But school. did they? That sounds like a fucking, like a mother criticism, man. Yeah, That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was, sounds like my mum having a go at me going, "Yeah, those bits weren't funny. They weren't, it was like, yeah. Roast me. Fucking, if you got a good joke, I'll roast me. Yeah. Like, or, yeah, but like, it seems like it's just an observation about how shit you went. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They didn't focus on the overall gig. They focused specifically on my uh, failings in a set. But like Sounds said, like my mates too, man. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's good. I think it's good for overall. It's, yeah. It thickens you up. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, the essential part of being a comedian is uh, learning to appreciate a bomb. And um, learning to bomb, understanding a bomb, and listening to when you're bombing and knowing that you're bombing. Yeah, yeah. That's that's the fucking big one. Because it's like... There's nothing worse than a comedian coming off stage going, that wasn't too bad. And yeah. you're like, fuck, you got no laughs. Yeah. Or even just like a bomb. And it's like, they're going through a fucking bomb. And like... And I've, I've done this again. and But like, it's not going well. You can hear nothing. And you just do this element where you're just persevering with the next two minutes of because it's your written script. And that comes with, you know, that comes with building up a bank of material. That comes yeah. with experience and stagecraft and being aware and stuff like that. But it's like, you know, this first two minutes is not working. You have to have the presence to fucking change tact somehow. Yeah, so or, what do you do? Like when, so w- let's say uh, if you can remember back to the last time you bombed. Fucking last gig, man. Do you, <laughs> do you stop and yeah. address it? Yeah, hundred percent. Hundred percent. One hundred percent. I feel like you have to now. Yeah, you don't go into autopilot because then yeah. you're not learning. I used to, and some gigs I still will. Yeah. Um, definitely still still do that because it's like either a it's new stuff or b you're so nervous about this gig that you're like I have to do the material. Yeah. Or I but let's like I feel like just stopping and just. As if it's a simple line as like, you know, as simple as like, this is not going well. Like yeah. fucking audiences love that. They, they love do. it when you fucking realize that. Cause that's, that's the whole part of like the, one of the, the funniest thing that people find about a comedian is being able to relate to them. If you're relating to how they're feeling right now about you, it's fucking perfect. Like it, it works. Mm. And then you can obviously riff off that. And then like, I've, what I've seen is that people, you know, stop like really, really good comedians stop be aware of of them bombing comment on that and then dissect why they're bombing like which part of the joke is sucks and it's fucking gone for the most part gone really fucking well because they see like it's bringing them back to like okay i'm seeing how you're feeling 
I'm feeling the same way. And this is why you're feeling this way. And it's like, it's as good as dissecting a good joke. Mm. It's dissecting a fucking good bomb. But it's also, it's just awareness. It's like being present. You hearing no one laughing at you. You fucking, yeah, sometimes it's worse for you to address it. But like, if you address it, it's like getting back down to the fucking level of the audience and going, okay, I, I feel this. Yeah, it's almost like um, when you start bombing, when you're early on in your career, mm. it's an out-of-control car and you have no idea what to do. You, yeah. you can't think straight. You start sweating too much. You forget the next line yeah. of your set. You, you, can't put, you can't string words together and you really go downhill. And then as you start bombing over the years, yeah, you learn... Okay, I know what the, the car's out of control, but I know what to do, sort of. Yeah, yeah. And you're able to minimize the damage by not breaking out in a sweat, acknowledging the bomb, and then your editing department in your brain has a certain clarity that goes, okay, try this now, sir. Yeah, yeah. Rather than a frantic monkey years ago smashing the shit up, going, exactly. I don't know, I'm fucking out of here, I'm checking out. It's like driving off a cliff and you're still holding the steering wheel and steering the car. It's like, no, 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 open the fucking door, release yeah. the seatbelt. See if you can fucking jump. You do yeah, all this shit. You try it's, it. It's like somebody said it's cowardly to eject on your material. I'm like, no, no, no. It's the opposite of cowardly. It's like yeah. it's cowardly. Not well, it's not cowardly, but it's like trust yourself enough to go. I can hear that this is not working. Let's stop and fucking reevaluate and like yeah. fucking change it up because it's like otherwise you're just gonna keep driving it. Like yeah, I mean yeah, you could pull it back. Yeah, you know a really good punchline is coming that might pull it back. And again, that comes with trust. So you go, if you trust, but if you're just going monotone through this gear and it's dying, I think there's some level of awareness to be able to stop and go, all right, I feel you. And mm. that that's what I've tried to do a lot more. I still don't. I still miss it, especially when you're doing new stuff or you've got a really good gig that you want to impress at and you're on autopilot because you're so nervous and your mouth dries up halfway through this material that's bombing, yes. and all you do is try and fucking run through it, and you're like, and you get offset, you listen back to it, and you're like, why didn't I stop? Like, yeah. I'm gone a hundred fucking words a minute, like a, a second. It's like, why, yeah. why didn't I fucking stop? Yeah, exactly. Two of my favorite things that happen on stage are the first one when um, uh, I'm, I'm kind of bombing, they're yeah. not going with me, and I break script, and then there's a pause and a silence and the crowd acknowledge that, okay, this guy's clearly lost it now. Yeah, yeah. But then I don't get scared. I stay focused and <laughs> this spark of inspiration happens. Yeah, yeah. And I say something fucking funny. And it's happened a small handful of moments in my life. Yeah. But that's become gold material. Yeah, yeah. Like I developed my snoring joke out of that. Yeah. I developed my Zoom wanking joke out of that. And I was like, they came from moments on stage where I was dying and the audience were like, well, this guy's awkward now. Yeah, yeah. And I went, yeah, I'm awkward. But I didn't say I'm awkward. I let them see the awkwardness. Yeah, yeah. I just gave up. I surrendered. I'm like, okay, yeah. yeah. And then from that, I stayed rigid, focused, and I was able to create. That's one of my favorite moments. And the other one is when, uh, when the crowd's exceptionally silent, almost like in unison mm. and they're just listening to every word you say yeah yeah and i love those moments they, yeah it's a fucking it's a good lot of moment fun. apart but from when the obvious say, of like big booming laughter yeah silent in in listening or silent in listening. hating you nah, listening <laughs> yeah yeah okay intense, yeah, yeah, yeah like I love intense that. silence yeah. like uh, like they're waiting to see what's next yeah um so yeah so you started 10 years ago man and um i wanted to ask you uh, about your background, what your parents thought of you starting stand-up. Yeah, are yeah. they cool? Because nah. I know, yeah, mine are like... Ethnic I, parents, yeah. Ethnic, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. I studied a degree at university. I studied two babies. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Fucking wasted it. Well, it will, so... It'd so be, can you tell me your background first? Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, what? Yeah, I, I know you're Iranian. I'm Indian with, with Persian origins. So I'm a, yeah. my, my people are, uh, were an old uh, Zoroastrians, which are old uh, Persian religion. And then they kind of got persecuted in Persia, which is now Iran. And then they kind of... Is Persia and Iran the same thing? Or am I doing a disservice by saying, oh, you're from Persia, you're Iranian? So Persia doesn't exist anymore, but it sounds way cooler than Iran. <laughs> It fucking but, does. Yeah, yeah. But Persia was, I think, a bigger empire. And then Iran... Persia was, was massive. Yeah, it's massive. A lot. So most, like, Iran was part of 
Persia, I guess. But they were never, I don't think, I don't know the exact history. I wish I fucking did because I could sound a lot more intelligent right, right now. But I, I, know, I know from Greek history, we were always like in school, we were learning, oh, here we go again, another war with the Persians. Yeah, yeah, One yeah. of the biggest armies the world has ever seen. Yeah, yeah. It was fucking bonkers. Um, but, but that's the way it is. Persia yeah. became Iran and yeah. ancient Greece became fat Greek guys that run fish and chip shops. Pretty much the same thing. It's yeah. that shit. Yeah. Um, and then that, yeah, so then we went to India and then our, we were kind of... So you might, you were persecuted in... And this is probably about 1500 years ago. Oh, so, wow. So then now, Fuck. so it's practically Indian. But how, it, how many migrated from Persia? Well, I don't know, but there's not many of us left. Zoroastrian people are like, we're the oldest, one of the oldest monotheistic religions and it's only 120,000 of us left in the world. And I'm obviously doing it no service because... <laughs> It's, yeah, Holy fuck, but man. it's a fucking small amount so of people. So you're old people, like the Assyrians, like We're, one of the oldest languages? Is yeah, our, our initial language, which not, none of us speak anymore, maybe the, the original people in, in Iran do, but yeah, our old languages are like... Probably older than the Assyrians. I'm, I don't know for sure. Don't get me Can wrong. you tell me what you were again? What that Zoroastrian. Zoroastrian. Yeah, man. Yeah, it's, that sounds uh, fucking. It sick. sounds fucking mythical. That should be on your it? Tinder profile. It should I'm be, shouldn't it? But it's like it's a fucking. You get some like I'm a bitch f- going, f- yay, I yeah. love him. <laughs> but it's like I, I feel like because I'm, you know, when you grow up with something, and you always, especially fucking second generation immigrants, you grow up with your cultural background, and you either dive deep into it, or you're like, oh, it's not me. And this is a religion. Got, yeah. So, so what are Zoroastrians like? It's a religion. So it's like okay. it's a it's a um, Islamic. No, no, it's a it's a separate religion. You kidding? Yeah, man. It's a, can, do you have a? Can you give me a crash course what it's about? I'm exceptionally I, fascinated. I really fucking wish I could, but I'll tell you two of the most interesting things. Give me what it. you know, man. Okay. I love this shit. So it's it's a it's a religion. All I really know is fire is sacred in our religion. Fire is sacred. Yeah, fire is sacred. So it's I think it's like a conduit to, to the to the god, to our, our god. Um and then that's really all I know. Otherwise all the normal fucking cruxes of religion. You Are know, there many of you living in Bushland Victoria during summer? I'm trying to think there should fucking be, shouldn't there? <laughs> it's like we can't be fire fire what a or place women. To yeah. be. Mm. So Zoroastrians well have a sacred place for fire because they believe it opens it has a connection to the gods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, yeah. Okay, um, yeah. So, like, some of the fires that have been burning in the temples have been burning for like a hundred years, thousands of years. Wow. Well, maybe not a thousand, a few hundred or something like that. They're just keeping, keeping, keep them fl- stoking. Flame on, baby. Um, yeah. And the other, the most interesting thing I like to tell people about are the towers of silence. So, traditionally in Zoroastrian religion, when somebody dies. You don't bury them. You don't cremate them. You go take them to a tower of silence, which is just like an open air tower with just like, you know, big steps and levels. And you just leave the body out in the open. Again, quote me or don't quote me. Some of it isn't probably precise, but you leave the body out in the open for vultures to eat, as in giving back death to the planet, which is fucking beautiful. But, Fuck. but here's the interesting part, right? Because there is a tower in silence of silence in 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 Mumbai, which is where Mumbai in India, which is where a large proportion of Zoroastrians are, and so you leave the body for the vultures. Basically, yeah, that's what it is. It's just Fuck. I think that happens at very the steps sexy, of Flinders Street Station. That also true, yeah. Like if if there were <laughs> some of the people there are fucking dead. Yeah, yeah, and and we you know if we were more open to allowing conversion stuff like that, I'm like take the junkies from fucking Flinders. <laughs> but here's the thing, right? In in India, and this I think this started happening like in Mumbai, probably like late 80s and early 90s, because of, and even probably earlier this century as well. But because of a industrialization around the towers, and also around the towers of silence, and also um, fucking uh, vultures dying out because of a antibiotic or no, anti-inflammatory that humans take, but also Farmers would feed to cows, uh, cows would die, vultures would eat cow carcasses, and it would kill the vultures off. And because of all of that... There were no vultures to eat yeah, the humans. Yeah, so bodies were just rotting <laughs> in the towers, God. which is fucked. And it's just like... And there's like... The, the people snuck in, took photos, and there was a big um, big furor about it in the community, because it's just like... That's, that's my grandma. So was this She's happening still, in the late 80s? I think 90s, it started happening more and more, and then early 2000s. 
So yeah, and it was just like it's like people snuck in, and it's like that. That's what she died like two years ago, and they just got photos of these carcasses just like rotting. It's fucked. It's brutal, but it's like I, I kind of find it funny. But um, absolutely, there's a lot of funny stuff. Yeah. <laughs> I mean Jesus. But so they had to get for the first time ever a non-Zoroastrian person in there, which was a vulture uh, specialist from the UK to breed vultures like i think either on the property or like right near the property and they bred a bunch of vultures to um basically come back and eat the fucking was the body left uh dressed i don't know or was it naked it's a or... naked body yeah cause I, like, I feel is it funnier if it's naked well it's easier for the vultures they'd yeah, be grateful it's like thanks i don't have I feel to take like his w- belt yeah. off i feel like it would jeans. be yeah so um, it's just like now there's just a bunch of dicks just lying around. <laughs> that, um, do vultures eat uh, bone as well? That's a really good question. I, I, I feel like they would. Or at least a softer bone. No, 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 they don't. Because you see in the cartoons, <laughs> the bones are always left. And I, if anything, uh, yeah. I've learned as cartoons. And uh, uh, accurate, always absolutely. Accurate, always accurate. I just can't believe, I can't imagine anything more Stephen fucking King yeah, it's, than walking past a dead mum or a dead grandmother that's getting pecked yeah. as you're on that's your way to work. That's very Stephen King. I mean, that's why people aren't generally allowed in there apart from... And again, right. a lot of my info on this isn't factual, so if any of my relatives are listening, ever listen to this... Yeah, um, of course. It's... They'll be very offended, and I don't really give a fuck, but um, also I don't know enough. And like right now, I don't know what the status is right now. I don't know if it's back. I don't know if they've shut it down. I don't know if vultures are still missing because I feel like with the way fucking, you know, in the environment is in any industrialized city, <laughs> it's yeah. not gonna, no matter what you do, there's not going to be fucking vultures. But it's a fucking fascinating way to go. Fascinating. So fascinating. It sounds like something from a Star Trek episode. I know. It does, doesn't it? It's, it's like it's, this uh, bizarre religion and on another planet. It sounds like, like something like, like what it, we yeah. do. But I can, if you distill it and take away the freaky nature of it, it's no different to our religion in terms of you give back the body the soul is gone yeah and the body has to be consumed by the earth yeah in your case Zoroastrians, by the vulture it's but yeah, it's, it's pretty still direct giving yeah. back yeah yeah like they're the same atoms they're going to break down and go back into the earth or into a vulture and so on yeah. and so, forth. so it's a very spiritual religion yeah uh, i'm guessing in terms of uh the body is the shell yeah i guess that that's kind of what it means. You'd probably interpret it better than I did. So but, they're the two things you know about Zoro. That's the two things I know best and the two things that are best conversation and podcast worthy. Yeah. Everything else, it's kind of like very, very religion-y stuff. They're very financially, they're very sound people. Like some are they, the, Do they still exist today? Is your mum practicing? Very, very heavily practicing as well. So wow. they do. Um, and it's a mix with people here. Obviously, it's going to be a mix of like... Um, people who are still strict, but then a lot of people who are just, you know. Yeah. Do you know anything about the Zoroastrian gods? Like who they are? Like, is it like ancient Greece? Like we had Zeus who was God of everything. No, there's, yeah, there's one who's kind of the Aura Mazda, which is who the Mazda car is named after. Um, (laughs) for real? I'm not fucking joking. No, get fucked. You're blowing my mind. You gotta say that again. It's It's Aura Mazda. Elra Mazda is yeah. a god. Yeah, which is like, I think, the overarching god. And like then, Al Zeus? Yeah. yeah. And then Zarathustra, which is like the prophet. Yeah. Like a, the kind of Jesus equivalent, I guess. Um, and that's, I think, that's it. Yeah. You know? And it's always like, um, because it's, you know, where most we most of us are in India now, people assume that there's like fucking 50 gods like, yeah. like Hinduism. But I think it's just those two. Yeah. And um, the how come how's our car Mazda named after him? I don't know. I just think. But whoever, that's not a joke. I don't think. I'm pretty sure. Look, I, either it's something maybe that the CEO of the company Mazda. Yeah, because it sounds fucking great. I don't think it was specifically because I just think it just sounded great, and they they did it. <laughs> um, and don't get me wrong. This could also be wrong. This could be just something I've been told from five years old because this is the kind of shit that our parents would do it's just like say that's how you know because when you got not many of us left on the world like there's many ways that people will say things to you to prop it up again i feel like it is true though because it sounds fucking great and it sounds like a good name for a car or a clothing brand or anything yeah Yeah. we'll we'll go with it and uh and the what's the prophet's name uh zaratustra zaratustra or or zarosta if you're gonna read a like in Western, um, right. like theological scripts or uh, literature. 
did Zarosta walk the earth? Uh, was he mortal and then he ascended? Fuck. Like, is it similar? You are really testing me, but sorry, man. Nah, man. I think I think there's he, so many parallels with yeah, our other religions. I think he was mortal. I believe he was mortal and walked the earth. But I I think a lot of other religions took influence from Zoroastrianism, from mm. what I understand. Even like the Baha'i religion, which is another uh, kind of like offshoot religion in 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 Iran and Persia, and they took a lot from it. I think Christianity got elements from um, Zoroastrianism as well, or different. Yeah, I don't know. There's a, there's a lot in there, but okay. So Zoroastrian religion was never a dominant religion in Persia back in the day. It I wasn't think it like was, Catholicism. I think it was it back was. in the day. Like, so like Xerxes the Great, those emperors that yeah. tried to conquer Greece, yeah. all of them, that were Zoroastrian. Oh, this is a fucking that's great a, question. That's an amazing Because when was that? When longevity was all, yeah. of religion. We're when talking was, about 2400 uh, BC. Yeah, I think we were... Don't quote me, but... Around, I don't know if we yeah. were dominant then. I'm not sure. I wish I fucking knew. Like, honestly... Mm. Because that's a really good question. Because all the Persian, you know, gods and warriors and, and, and fucking folklore and stuff like that. I don't know if that... Because I never mentioned that there's Zoroastrian. I feel like we were more dominant before. Yeah. Do so. you know why you were persecuted? Um, if I look at it on... Fa- looking at it on face value, Catholicism prescribe, uh, as- ascribes fire to hell. Yeah, you yeah. Know, so it's interesting how you bestow fire on a higher plane. You're yeah, like, no, yeah. No, fire is the, that's how God comes. We, um, I don't know why we specifically we were persecuted by Islam. Um, yeah. When they came into that region, um, I don't know why specifically. I don't know if it was just a territorial thing, either convert or get the fuck out. Um, but that's all I know. That's all. Like, yep. I don't know specifically why. I feel like it may have just been a territorial we're in now. Okay. I don't, and then. There's like stories of people who are, you know, and this again comes from family members, so they could be building it up, but there are stories of people in modern day Iran that were generations back, like we're talking, you know, 15, 20 generations back, uh, Zoroastrian, and they're slowly, as as Iran slowly, you know, gets a little bit more liberated here and there, not that they are, but slowly things are getting a bit more accepted in, in Iran. They're slowly opening that door to what they originally were, mm. but again, that's hearsay. It so. says it says a lot about the human spirit. Like you can't put someone down, man. Like what's happening in Ukraine? Russia's trying to extinguish Ukraine, and I don't think they're going to win. Uh, Hitler tried to kill the Jews, and he didn't win. Yeah, um, your people were persecuted, but. There's still, it's still there. The religion's still there. Yeah, and we um, fucking got a lot of money, baby. So. Like in India, our people are fucking bank men. Like, how come? How does that? I don't come know. About? I don't know exactly. I feel like I don't know if we. I, I don't know if we're just tight asses and we know how to, um, you know, industrialize and look after our money. But I think it was something to do with when we came to India originally, and we were put in charge of a lot of the like. Um, shipping and and trade kind of jobs, or we started going in that direction and that just built from there you yeah. know and then now you know uh zoroastrians or or, or parsis as they're known which is like the um what zoroastrians in india are called what are they called parsi 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 so p-a-r-s-i like farsi but with a p all right and i don't know if that's linked but okay. yeah but yeah and then they somehow are some of the most fucking wealthiest fucking people in yeah in in india it's it's crazy have I seen a Zoroastrian in Melbourne? Do they have a particular dress? Like the Sikhs have that hubcap bracelet. You, you may turban. have. They have like a. Do we've got like anything? I don't. I don't don it. But there's like a kind of singlet and a, and a kind of thread kind of thing that you okay. kind of wear. But again, not really. But I reckon you've definitely heard of probably our, our most prominent member. Uh, have you heard of a guy called Freddie Mercury? Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Originally. Zoroastrian. Originally Zoroastrian. Obviously not non-practicing. Of course, stuff yeah. Like that, but, but his like, parents were... Farouk Barsara was his name. Yes, yeah, that's correct. Yeah. So his parents were... Um, and if if you've seen the... Not the... Obviously, you've have you seen the movie? Yes, I have. Yeah, yeah so yeah. they don't really dwell on that. But no, they if, don't, but they do show the parents were strict and yeah. Uh, yeah, religious. Yeah, yeah. And if you look at the documentary, 
about him or about Queen, which was, I think, released... Oh, they showed it not long after the movie came out. And they interview his mum. And his mum is like, I know so many fucking aunties and, like, and grandparents that exactly yeah. like his mum. They're all but, the same. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But, yeah, yeah, that's... Like, he was... Yeah, and he kind of... I think he was born in... Um, he was born in Tanzania, and then he went to India for a bit. He was uh, at a school. My grandparents ran a school back then, and he was at a school, like, down the road. Yep. And then I think after that, like, in his late teens, early 20s, they moved to in the UK, and that's where shit popped off. Right. It sounds like uh, India was a place that allowed your people to thrive and practice their religion yeah, yeah, without yeah. persecution. Yeah, right? yeah, 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 yeah. So when you really look into India, you realize that it's a lot of different people. It's Fucking, there's like, a lot, 120 or so languages. Like you know, yeah. whereas Dave from Craigieburn would be like, oh, "Fucking Indians." Yeah, but yeah, no, yeah, exactly. If you it's, really look deep, like it's the Punjab, the Punjab are a warrior race. Yeah, yeah, They're very like hardcore. With yeah, their, yeah, the Sikhs. You know, they carry around a traditional dagger. <laughs> yeah, and they um are very similar to the Cretans of yep. Greece, yeah, an yeah. island nation below Greece. Yeah, they, I've heard that comparison before, the, yeah. You have? Yeah, right? yeah, Excellent. Yeah. yeah, they wear black, they carry daggers. And um, yeah, when I traveled to Greece in 98, my mum said to me, don't fuck with the Cretan girls. They will kill you. The parents will kill you. Yeah. So uh, I was privy to that because um, one of my I've, cousins got yeah. into trouble and almost died. Yeah, oh, fuck. All right. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So... um. Yeah, back to um, yeah. Sorry, I cut you off. No, no, no. You're right. Oh, where were we? Um, there's a lot. There's a lot going on in India, and it's just like the diverse. Yeah. Like it's fucking 1.4 billion people. If they were yeah. the same, there'd be something fucked with that country, you know. So totally. But it's just like from north to south, and even the best part about it is obviously the food. But mm. you know, like it's just so as same as it is. It's so fucking diverse as well across the whole country. Yeah. But it's all spicy, so you're naturally going to shit yourself wherever you go. <laughs> so. Uh, your is your mother Zoroastrian and and your yeah, father both a Zoroastrian yeah, both both and they migrated to India. So they were born. I think they were they, as they were said, born in India. Generations back would be in India. Oh my so god! We're talking about this is huge. Yeah, this yeah. is like in a, in five hundred years, my kids saying they're Greek, but they've always always the lineage has been born in Australia. That's exactly it. Yeah, Fuck, yeah. Man, so you it's guys like have held that. Yeah, so I'm like that's the thing because I, I tell people I'm Indian and most people a lot of people go yeah all right I get that but then a lot of people go oh you kind of look Lebo or, or Turk <laughs> and I'm like all right well here's the thing and I say fucking Persian Indian like, what does that mean and I gotta wow. fucking sit there and give a whole spiel oh, you poor fucker I'm so sorry oh it's terrible telling people about <laughs> yourself man um, but yeah it's like and that's the thing I'm not like I'm I'm not very I don't practice at all I think yeah I think religion's horseshit and I it's, like well you're a comic yeah I know it's like what's the first imagine, thing we do there are religious comics there fucking are and there's some good yeah. comics and surprisingly religious comics and it fucking scares me <laughs> I'd but love to like, have a religious 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 comic on the show yeah but you know I don't want to push too hard all right because I pushed my mum a bit and I feel really bad about that yeah yeah of course because um, I mean I know for a fact that I believe there's, there's enough historical evidence, uh, this is just my opinion, right, uh, that Jesus existed. Yeah, yeah. But to make the incredible leap that he performed all these miracles, like, that's hard for a yeah. comic. Yeah. Or for someone that was educated in a really good education system here in yeah. Australia. The first thing I teach you in education is um, well, t how to learn. Yeah. And how to learn is there's certain tools in your chest that allow you to decipher information yep. and hold it up to a certain standard. Yeah, and critique information as well. And it's just like... It's hard, man. Like, I feel like, you know, talking... Like, this is... I feel like that all that kind of stuff is... Like, religious stuff is like, okay, there's not many religious people left on this fucking planet. No. This city, definitely. It's like, no. no one... It's not... Even, like, in the last 10 years, it's just like... it's Maybe because the world has turned to so much shit that people are like, there's no way... There's a God, and if there is, he's a cunt. Like <laughs> I know exactly. I've often heard that argument. Yeah, and it's yeah. and it's just, but it's just like, yeah, it's just. I feel like it has something to do with. There's no, like, there was a very minimal record keeping around the time of religion, when religions kicked off. So if one cunt wrote a book, 
everyone's going to believe that shit. Yeah. Like, uh, I mean... It's just your Facebook account. Exactly. And no one else can have one. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's like, of course you fucking walked across water, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, one thing uh, one thing that I found... I, I agree with you, religion, bullshit, blah, blah, blah. But one thing I found absolutely beautiful and humbling was uh, to actually go one day to church with my mum yeah. recently. And I found that it's such a soothing place for her. Yeah. And it gives her so much benefit and joy. I wish I had that. Yeah. I get that. She I fucking makes, wish I had that. Yeah, they, they all they make bread and they all bring their bread to church and then they cut it up and uh, they help the priest. And yeah. Yeah, they gas bag, but it's a wonderful club. Because there's a sense of community, but also peace as well. And it's, it's like, that's why all, every cunt's doing fucking yoga and meditation. It's because the spirituality and the peace and the fucking leveling yeah. out of, of religion... Because it's all, it's all fucking blinded by money, by stories, by fucking religious infights, by make-believe stories about who the fucking God is and who this and that, and that. But the underlying thing is that it's a community of people coming together peacefully. And I think and it's got a place. Yeah. I think religion definitely has it a definitely place. definitely does. As long as it doesn't interfere with the progression of science and technology. Yeah, Just which unfortunately it has, and that's why it's got so far and, and now to a lesser extent of course now it's like yeah now it's, it's cool it's um like no one really take but it makes sense as to why like you know fucking like our generation the one after us like how meditation has got such a huge focus in the last fucking 10 years like i i tell people i meditate i mean i do it once a year maybe <laughs> once a month but like I've, when i've when you get in the zone with it it's like fucking it's it's great and you get that because it's that level of presence it's that level of calm when you do fucking yoga in class, like I'm not a big yoga dude, but when I've done it in class settings, it's the same kind of fucking deal. And I'm talking about like proper yoga, not with just some fucking, mm. you know, some white girl that's gone to fucking India for two weeks and taken a course. <laughs> um, <laughs> do a few, do a longer, longer course maybe. I don't know. But like when you do it in a group setting, it's kind of like you fucking get that level of fucking presence and that calm, but also in a community. And I, I kind of get that because there's not like, if you take religion out, which is happening, there's nothing else like that. Yeah. Meditation will fill that gap. Yoga clubs fill that gap. Yeah. Anything that brings people together with an underlying set of values and yeah. virtues that are positively inclined. Yeah. It's a fucking religion. Exactly. Just, but, you know, so it's, it's, and I, I can see why it's gaining in popularity because people yeah. have critiqued religion yeah. and they've moved on to something else. And we live in such an over-communicated society. There's so much shit coming at us being Fuck bombarded. Yeah. Mm. If you take back, you know, pretend we were living in 1980 or 1975 right now, yeah. it'd be, you and I would have to... Uh, correspond via telephone yeah and that's it and how did then, people do shit back i don't then? It's fucking like crazy know. i went i was traveling uh you know how i spent 10 years in england doing mm. stand-up my main job was to just meet a driver and just head out into a village in fucking england yeah and yeah the sun would set at 3 30 and it would be pitch dark by four so we're driving and we had sat nav and you're all these windy roads and villages in the UK. And I asked this comic, I'm like, how the fuck did you do this yeah. before technology? And they were like, number one, very difficult. Uh, but two, they had a, a Malways, like the yeah, A to yeah. Z, it's called in London, with a torch. And there'd always be an appointed navigator in the car. Fuck, man. And they'd have reference points of phone booths and they'd pull over and stop and call the publican on the phone and go, ah, we're here. <laughs> and the publican would be like, okay, you're fucked up. you got to go back, turn left. So it was fucking... And you'd terribly. get a story on the way to fucking telling stories, whereas now you yeah, just so get... Yeah, so the MC yeah. could just... Ra the MC yeah. would have a nice five-minute chunk of material about getting lost and getting here and how... Yeah, because yeah. remember how fun getting lost was. You'd have to ask people for directions. You'd see your parents fight because your dad didn't want to ask for directions. Yeah. This Now it's like you get lost. It's like, all right, you find someone... That, like, it's crazy because you have no... Like, today I came to your place and, you know... You say, give me a call when you're here. And I gave you a call. Your phone was off. So I, I sent you a message. I sent you a message. Like, no problem. Like, but imagine you didn't answer your phone. Imagine I didn't have a fucking phone. And I just came assuming that you'd answer the door. Like, you'd have to give me your address. Like, yeah, and you'd if something happens it. in that 20 minutes between leaving the house and not. Yeah. Like, it's like, 
well, that's it. That's you wait for a friend, and if they don't show up, you go home. Yeah, like there's no texting, there's no nothing. It's like. If someone were to ask me now on the street, what's the time? I'd yeah. be like, what the fuck? Yeah, you what do you mean with psycho? The, where yeah. are you from? Are you from yeah. the past? Yeah, like, yeah. What the fuck is this? Do you reckon that's, time? that's, that's um, like harmed us as a, like, and I use the word specifically, as a society? Has it, say that again, has it? Harmed us as a society, not being able, because like. I think we're in a transitional phase. Yeah. I think if we make it through to the other side. I don't know how much you think about this, but I think we're going to eventually... Have you heard of Kurzweil? He's a scientist that believes we're going to eventually marry technology by bio, biological symbiosis. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I, I think that's where we're heading. I feel like, yeah. I mean, how else can we go to Mars and live on Mars? We're yeah. going to have to have biological implant, uh, artificial intelligence implanted in our brain that yeah. helps us regulate our system. Oh, man, I don't. So, yeah. and, and cosmic rays... We're going to need something to propel gamma radio. It's all fucking... I reckon there's, we're going to be so fucking different. So is it doing harm to us now? Maybe our generation, Maybe, yeah, but yeah. we're in a transition. We're and pushing we're, shit through we're right the now. Because how old are you, if you don't mind me asking? 46. 46. No, I don't so, mind, yeah. And I'm, I'm 38. So we're kind of in that transitional generation mm. as well, where it's kind of like we've had both ends of the spectrum in, in our youth. Not yeah, so, we have. Yeah, you're yeah. right. And it's like you... We had the before and after. Yeah, yeah. And the next generation, maybe... No, no, they don't. They actually don't. Millennials haven't really had that. Maybe they've had... No, because by, by the time they've, they're in their teens, they've had phones and shit like yeah. that. But like our generation was the one that in high school and shit, we would go out without a phone. Mm. We would go out with like a call from the day later, meet me here at three o'clock on Thursday. And... No other communication till then. Yeah. And then we would go out with our parents looking at the mailways and them fighting. But like now, like parents and family, friends and shit, they have stories about how they met their wife or their best mate because they asked them the time on the fucking street. Yeah, and there's those Those stories are gone. Like, yeah. You're like, and it's like, okay, there's still, you still interact with people. Like, it's not completely fucked. But like, I feel like, and I saw it, I see it more after, especially after fucking lockdowns and COVID and stuff like that. I hate to blame that, but it's like people have gone so... Because the entire planet is literally in front of them. That people, like... I think before we integrate with uh, technology, our spines are going to curve. The neck curve is going to happen. Just like looking down constantly. Cause yeah, we right. Are, I think posture. It's going to happen, and that's going to become the norm. Oh, like fuck. like the reverse um, scoliosis or whatever you want to call it. Scoliosis yeah. is the bottom part. So this will be well the for top. that to become the norm. Chicks have to find it hot to fuck us with curved spines. Otherwise, it'll be bred out. I don't that's think natural that's selection. so far fetched. Like <laughs> chicks are finding moustaches hot again. So yeah, what the they fuck? Are yeah. True. So it's like, what about fucking curved fucking necks, man? Yeah. Because you've and like that's gonna happen. Because it's like you don't have that. Like everyone's looking down, and the the thing I was trying to say is that no, you. Like, the whole world is... Like, you don't need to ask anyone fucking anything. You're right. And with the last two years being so internal as well and not going out as well, like, there's so... I think it's fucked us for a little while Mm. and then we'll learn to adapt. And and, be better off. And and fuck the machines and the machines will become become more sentient and then they'll be like people. And then, yeah. Do you... you, Have you thought about that like that? Yeah, a lot. Yeah, uh, uh, do you think, like, Elon Musk reckons we should build in a fail-safe into every machine that we can turn it off, otherwise it can ruin us. Do you believe in AI, like T2? I, th- I, th- I think so. Like, it's it's a lot further away than some of the yeah, movies say, yeah. but something like, like, it's already fucking happening. Like, in a way, like, you go on a dating app and you start chatting to a bot, and if a bot's fucking... Uh, and, this is definitely not happen to, happening to me. I'm going to say it on camera. Definitely hasn't happened to me. No, but like if, if you start and if their AI is fucking like there are pe- there's stories of people fucking chatting to someone getting scammed and it just turns out to fucking be a bot and it's wow. happened and you're already invested in that shit. Like mm. in the, there's been fucking, um, you know, documentaries and stuff made about it, but it's like, I feel like that. Have you seen that movie? Her with, uh, yes. Amazing movie. Yeah, great but movie. I'm like, that's not that far fetched. That's when AI gets to the, you know, next level of really being able to de- detect emotions and carry out its own emotions. It's like, it's going to fucking happen. You go on a dating app, you you have access to so many people at once. You go on, you know, social media, have access to so many people at once. And it's like, 
at some point a machine is going to slip through the cracks. Will you allow that? Like, there's something I saw that the first thing we may experience in yeah. our generation when we turn, uh, say, 70 or 80 and we lose our partner, they believe that the first step will be they can d- get all the messages and texts, correspondence yeah. from Facebook from your partner, congeal it all into an algorithm and present it to you via AI that you can choose to be communicated to after she's passed. Fuck yeah, it's via, a fucking Black Mirror episode, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, via text messages. I think it'll be possible, but it's... I don't yeah. know, man. I, I, like, I wouldn't do it because yeah. it would fuck... You'd never... You know what would be doing? You'd be picking at the wound... Yeah. And you'd never allow it to heal. Yeah, yeah. So you're constantly living in the past. For me, you'd it's a no-brainer. you never experienced proper grief and loss. Like, that's, yeah. like that's, a part, that's a human emotion you n- need to experience. Yeah. And I, I, like, I, I think it's, it's a no-brainer, but I do it still. Like, you still fucking, like, you have access to old photos, old memories, and old shit like that. And it's yeah. like, people say, like, people say, I delete all of them. And I was like, you can't delete everything. You have ac- yeah. access to, you know, past past partners and fucking in and sometimes they just fucking pop up you don't even go digging for them now we're at that point where facebook memories you google like pops up fucking photos if you're your past and like suddenly there's 10 photos just on your notifications of you and your uh, past partner and you're yeah like, that's really cruel from yeah. Facebook. my mate's got a good joke about that he's like that's really cruel from facebook i'm just getting over her yeah and they're like hey he's seven years ago you and her having a lot of fun i'm like yeah. fuck off yeah yeah, but it's like that's that's like that's the fucking kick. That's the start, isn't it? Yeah. And then I mean, if you dug deep enough, you could find fucking voicemails. You could find fucking WhatsApp voice notes. You oh, can the find, whole like, thing. The whole, it's it's already there. How she talks. It's already there, and they've got her nuances, inflections. How they she have the technology arguments. to take all that and make an AI bot. And it's like I think that a lot of people would do it. Mm. And I'm saying when I say a lot of people, I'm saying our our generation next generation as well because people aren't experiencing all these fucking emotions as much and you wonder why there's a fucking anxiety crisis and there is i i fucking have it but it's like i don't think we're exposed to as many emotions as we used to be Mm. and when we get exposed to them they fucking hit us hard because they're like we're not we have access to so much shit we're not used to sacrificing as much we have access to so much fucking um knowledge we're not used to being dumb as much mm. and when suddenly we're fucking we're shown to be ignorant it, like it fucking hits you so hard because you're like i'm a fucking dumb cunt and the anxiety kicks in you get imposter syndrome and you like fall flat on the floor and you can't take it whereas people in the past were used to being dumb and they, i mean you either go one way and start a fucking fight with someone about it or you just go that part is an experience that i have i'm dumb about this i won't be able to find out about it until i study it now you just fucking look it up that's an interesting perspective. I've yeah. never heard it like that before, but yeah, it sounds... I think we're just so used to watered-down emotions that when the real ones hit, it's so hard to fucking take them. That yeah. I feel like that's a lot of why people are so anxious at the moment. It's like when we're used to tidbits of everything. We're used to tidbits of videos, like fucking 15-second clips, you know, fucking correspondence that's like one line. Whereas in the past, you'd have chunks of letters. You'd have fucking full videos. And like... you be able to take in everything whereas now we've got so much information but you're taking just so, tiny segments of everything so what you're saying is ironically we're more connected than ever before but at the same time we're way more disconnected at the same yeah, time i feel like we're not experiencing depth of everything yeah. as much as we could you're experiencing a lot of shit which is fucking great in so many ways but you know we're not experiencing as much depth in something as you as you potentially could you know, there's fucking people who are, you know, old people right now that their partner dies or they're, they don't fucking remember what they sound like. They can't, they don't have access to a voice. They have access to maybe, like, think people, you know, back in the 50s, they might have access to one or two grainy fucking black and white photos that mm-hmm. they've got in there and that's it. And they've got to hold on to that memory and they're experiencing everything. Whereas if you go to what we were talking about before, it's like you won't experience any loss except the fact that they're not physically present. But every other part of them is going to be fucking around. Mm. And it's like a fake experience, obviously. Absolutely. Like, yeah. That's heavy. It's fucking heavy. I think it's uh, it's a weird time. And it's like, I, th- I feel like there's the ability for humans to adapt to that. And we will maybe learn a way 
And that could be fucking the machines. That's where we're getting at. Yeah. It could be, you know, getting more intertwined with them. I don't know what it is, but I feel like... We will adapt. There's a, Absolutely. Yeah, we're, that's what we've done. We've always yeah. adapted. But the, f- the fact that the biggest countries on earth have all have nukes yeah. is a good thing because we won't blow each other up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've all got them. Yeah, yeah. So everything will be a small proxy war. Yeah. Tit for tat. And it'll allow us to keep pushing in the right direction and evolve. And I, hope, adapt. I hope so. I fucking hope so. I think so. I can't see, I can't see an endgame result where Russia blows up Ukraine with an atomic bomb. Yeah. Like, yeah. why would you do that? Like, it's you're fucked. The, the America's going to retaliate. Yeah. Well, someone will retaliate because you can't have a rogue country dropping nuclear bombs. Yeah, that's and true. And as much as Russia threatens. Everyone knows. No, you're not. Yeah. So I think we will make it. I um, feel like we will. Maybe. With, I mean. But I do feel what we will become. I don't even know what we'll become, but I do know in my heart that it'll be. It'll. If I was transported into the future to see what we became, I'd be frightened. Yeah. I'd be like, that's not human anymore. Yeah, yeah. And it's like uh, the other aspect of that is the whole climate thing as well. I mean, that could be the fucking great balancer, like. Mm. It could fuck, like, you know, where essentially fucking up the climate is fucking up the environment for us to live in. You know, in the end, long term, the earth will be fine. As much as we devastate it, it'll still always be there. Yeah. But it'll just fuck us over because of how much we fucked it over. Exactly So maybe that will be the great balancer. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. To bring us back a bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Hey, man, I've got to go. Fuck. All right. Um, that's an hour. Yeah. Shit. Flows. Thank you so much. Yeah, man. Um, this has been awesome, dude. Thank you for having me. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Do you want to plug anything? Um, yeah, plug, I'll plug my show. Lido comedy is on every Tuesday in Hawthorne at the Lido cinemas, uh, Facebook and Instagram Lido comedy. That's it at the moment. I might have some shit to plug in later in the year, but right now I'm very quiet. If you're in Hawthorne or around the area, check it out. It's every Tuesday. It's a wonderful intimate space. Um, wonderful art thank you very much man cheers johnny cheers brother